Please be seated. And friends, I invite you to please open your Bible to uh, the book of Exodus, chapter 1. You can find that in your pew Bible on page 45. We'll just be reading the first 14 verses of the book of Exodus. I love hearing the sound of wrestling pages. Listen now to God's word. These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Essachar, and Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All the descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. Joseph was already in Egypt. Then Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation. But the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong, so that the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt, who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them and afflicted them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh store cities in Pithom and Ramses. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. And in all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I was going to go see the new Exodus movie to get psyched up for our new sermon series, but I skipped it to see The Hobbit instead. (laughs) Mostly because the reviews were not favorable for that new movie. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a smelly 29% negative rating. What happened? Well, for starters, they ignored the source material. Exodus is the epic adventure that takes place beyond the shadow of the Great Pyramids. There are two mighty nations, Israel and Egypt, led by two great men, Moses, the liberating hero, and Pharaoh, the enslaving villain. There's a baby in a basket, the burning bush, the plagues, the angel of death, the crossing of the Red Sea, manna in the wilderness, The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Thunder and lightning on the mountain. The Ten Commandments. The golden calf. The glory of the tabernacle. Moses is the central figure in three of the world's greatest religions. But Ridley Scott didn't bother to pay close enough attention to the source material. In fact, The Hobbit is closer to the source material of The Hobbit than really... Now, this might not be fair, because I haven't seen the movie, but I've read a lot of reviews. There's something bigger missing in this, book of, this movie of Exodus 
than the character of Moses. What's missing most of all in the movie version is the very heart of the story, God behind the scenes. In the Hollywood version, according to the reviews I've read, and I do plan uh, to see the movie when it comes out on VHS, God is totally hidden from view, along with all of God's purposes and motivations and the character of God. Our series in the book of Exodus aims to do the exact opposite. I want our laser focus to be on God, God's character and his motivations and his purposes for his people. Almighty God. Because this book is all about the mercy, justice, holiness, and glory of Almighty God getting his people out. Now, my focus was originally going to be on Moses. And as I advertised it to you, it's going to be about the story of Moses, the greatest figure of the Old Testament. But as I started to plan the series, I started to realize that that's not where the emphasis needed to be. When the biblical writers recall the Exodus, they rarely mention Moses at all. Instead, they speak of the wonders of God. That gives us insight that the right way to study Exodus is to pay attention to what the book is telling us about the character of God. So unlike the Hollywood version, we will not stray from the source material. We'll also look to Scripture to interpret Scripture scriptures helping to interpret what we are reading about in the book of Exodus. Because many passages in the Old Testament, the Psalms and the prophets, look back to Exodus as the paradigm of salvation. The Jewish people continuously praise God for bringing them out of Egypt. And the New Testament writers often use the Exodus to explain the salvation of Christ. And when we come to the baptism font and we have a baptism, we also rehearse and remind ourselves of the great promises and the great deliverance of God of his people through the waters. We'll see, in some ways, the whole Bible is an extended interpretation of the Exodus. So the way to understand Exodus is to study the book itself and then to allow Scripture to interpret Scripture in the context of the entire Bible. We'll also be asking, what does it tell us about our relationship with Jesus? The theme of the Old Testament is the Savior to come. And the theme of the New Testament is the Savior has come and is coming again. Dr. Luke, the gospel writer, writes uh, that after the resurrection, when Jesus uh, appeared to his disciples on the road to Emmaus and walked along with them, it says, quote, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to his disciples what it said in all the scriptures concerning himself. If Jesus began with Moses, he must have said something about Exodus having to do with himself. And Jude goes so far as to to tell his readers, Jude 5, that it was Jesus who saved his people out of the land of Egypt. So we're going to spend a lot of time talking about how does what we're reading here, this adventure, 
And this narrative and this account impact and inform and instruct our relationship with our Lord. In many ways, the Exodus set the pattern for the life of Jesus of Nazareth. Like Moses, Jesus was born to be a savior. Like Moses, Jesus was rescued from death from his enemies. Where did Mary and Joseph take Jesus to protect him? To Egypt. Like the Israelites who wandered in the desert for 40 years, Jesus wandered in the wilderness for 40 days. And when he returned, he went up a mountain and delivered the law, the Sermon on the Mount, just as Moses came down the mountain with the Ten Commandments. And the parallels will go on and on, the greatest being that Jesus was the Passover lamb that takes away the sins of the world. That comes straight out of Exodus. So this series will guide us as we prepare on the journey to Easter celebration. And as we read and study and we look throughout Scripture, you're going to see all kinds of parallels. As you read and you think to yourself, I've read this before, or this, there's a connection here to something I've read uh, in the Gospel of Mark or Matthew. Look for it. Tease that out. Dig deep. Because, in fact, those connections are there and will be a blessing to you. In fact, many of the words that describe the Christian faith and describe what Christ accomplished on the cross come right out of Exodus. Ransom, redemption, deliverance. The first time we read those words, they come from this book. So Exodus isn't just a story about salvation. It is the story of salvation. Israel's deliverance from Egypt anticipated the salvation accomplished for us in Jesus Christ. For the Jews, it is a story that defines their very existence. And for Christians, Exodus is the gospel of the Old Testament. And the last thing I'll say about our new series, it's got to be practical. God has given us this book to aid us in our spiritual journey. When the Apostle Paul wanted to encourage the church in Corinth to, to hold fast to their faith despite the persecution, despite the hardship, despite the fact that they, they were in uncertain times, he turned their attention back to Exodus. Listen to these words, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 2. He says, Christian brothers, I want you to know what happened to our early fathers. They all walked from the country of Egypt under the cloud that showed them the way, and they passed through the waters of the Red Sea. They were all baptized as they followed Moses in the cloud and the sea. And then Paul draws a connection between the Israelites' salvation and the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. And he says in verse 3 and 4, all of them ate from the same holy food. They all drank the same holy water. They drank from the holy rock that went along with them. That holy rock is Christ. So he continues to make these practical connections to encourage the people to hold tight, to hang in there by looking at their early fathers. And then he concludes by saying, in the same way that the Israelites wandered in the desert, and because they were unfaithful, they perished. He warns them, verse 11, he says, 
All these things happened to show us something. They were written to teach us that the end is near. In other words, Paul was saying what happened to them was written down for us. And so this series has got to be practical. It has to aid you in a practical way, in a way that is relevant to your life today. And I pray that it will. I believe it will. Just reading the words off the page, the Spirit will move. But making it practical in your own life, I would encourage you to to read and study the book of Exodus on your own. This week, resolve to read chapters 1 and 2. Study, underline, write down questions, insights that you have, and come prepared next Sunday as we begin this journey in a formal way. As we trace Moses' journey and his people, we will discover that we need exactly what the people of Israel needed. They need a liberator. And we need a liberator to save us from our slavery to sin. They needed a teacher. And we need a teacher reminding us that we are free so we don't backslide into old habits and pick up old idols. They needed a provider. And we need a provider to feed us bread from heaven. They needed a lawgiver, and we need the lawgiver to command us how to love and serve and, most of all, glorify God and to serve and love others. And they needed a friend out there in the wilderness. And we need a friend to be with us day and night. So this message and these messages, I pray, will encourage us. us. Now, we're going to begin the journey next week, but let me say a few words about the passage I just read. To set context, we've covered in these first few verses about 80 years of of life, at least. Abraham and his extended, uh, ever-extending family were favored by God, were promised to be a great people and a, a great blessing to all nations. At the opening of the book, Abraham is long gone. His family is now organized uh, under these names of 12 sons of Abraham's grandson, Jacob, and they've moved to Egypt. And over the years, they've done very well, especially when Joseph was in such a high leadership position. But now, the good times are over. And the Egyptian ruling class were nervous about this growing immigration problem. And Pharaoh first sets out a policy of containment and then forced labor. He then enslaves God's chosen people. And yet, they multiply and grow stronger. And next week, we'll read that Pharaoh opts for ethnic cleansing as a solution to this troubling problem. What about their special favored position before God? What about the promises made to Abraham? Well, we'll learn next week that God is there behind the scenes working by sovereign grace. The times are very dark in these first paragraphs of Exodus, and they'll get worse before they get better. But we will see that God is there working behind the scenes to confirm his covenant with his people. Why were they in this predicament? Afflicted, burdened, 
and enslaved? I don't know. They were there because that's where God allowed them to be, to await divine intervention. Why are you in the predicament that you find yourself in? The hardship, the suffering, the fear of the future, and the regret of the past. Oh, if I could only go back to the past, just like the Israelites. I don't know. But God has allowed us to be where we are for this time for a reason. And we will see in the story and in the story of our life that God will work in unexpected ways and through unlikely means by his hand. God is here. He is in your life behind the scenes. We'll see that next week and in the weeks to come. Hollywood gets it so wrong. Just look at the book. It is a blockbuster. It's all right there on the page. Exodus opens with a slave people building cities for Pharaoh and ends with the same people, now free, building a tabernacle, a tent dwelling for Almighty God. It is a book about the Lamb of God who saves us and Almighty God who leads us out and onward to the promised land. And so, friends, I pray that as we study this book, we will learn about the character of God. We will learn and not just learn, but we will experience and grow in our relationship with Jesus and in our own faith journey. Wherever you are in your walk, you'll be strengthened. The light will shine brighter. Your footing will be more secure. And the Lord will lead all of us ultimately, all the way home. Amen. Friends, I invite you to please stand and take your, your bulletins and let's sing together, Jesus, Thou Joy of Loving Hearts. Let's sing together. Thou joy of loving hearts, Thou fount of life, Thou light of all, from the best bliss that earth imparts, we turn unfilled to heed Thy call. Thy truth unchanged those that on thee call to them that seek thee thou art good to them that find thee all in all we taste thee thirst our souls from thee to fill. 
Our restless spirits yearn for Thee. Where'er our changeful lot is cast, glad when Thy gracious smile we see, blessed when our faith can hold Thee fast. O Jesus, ever with us stay, Make all our moments calm and bright. Oh, chase the night of sin away. Shed all 